That's what betting on yourself looks like. He won because he bet on himself. He took control of the situation and gave himself and the team around him the best ability to get the desired outcome that they wanted. And he didn't let emotion take over. He analyzed everything. Of course I bet on myself. Why? Because just like him, I want to give myself the best possible chance to achieve my desired outcome. And that doesn't happen when emotion takes over. You are now entering a new paradigm. So here is my issue. I wanted to find the answers to life's biggest questions. Things like, how do I become happy and live with purpose? How do I make more money doing what I love? And what does it mean to be truly successful in all areas of life? My name is Josh Forty, at Josh Forty on Instagram, and I ask life's biggest questions and share the answers with you. My goal is to help you find purpose, happiness, and open your mind to new realms of possibility by helping you think differently about everything you do, know, and understand. On this podcast, we think different, we dream bigger, and we live in a world without limits. This is a new paradigm. Welcome to the Think Different Theory. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Think Different Theory. My name is Josh Forty, and this is episode number 11, where we're going to be talking about, well, essentially, the context of what are you going to do about it? That's the question that we're asking here today is, what are you going to do about it? And showing you how you can control your situation, any situation, no matter how big or small it is, no matter how impossible it seems to overcome by asking the right questions and by not letting emotion take over and by taking control of that situation. Now, about 10 years ago now, I would have been 16, actually eight years ago, back in 2010, I was 16 years old and I was at a summer camp, summer camp called Miracle Mountain Ranch up in uh, Pennsylvania. It was a horse ranch. And I watched a guy, the leader of that summer camp, his name was Matt, take a situation that would have been very bad and where a lot of people let emotions get involved and that potentially could have shut down and bankrupt the the summer camp and turn it in to a complete success and win even in the nick of time under a great amount of pressure. And I learned a lesson that I will never forget from this whole scenario. See, this summer camp, this particular summer camp, they raised horses and they were a not, not for profit. And they had, I, I don't remember exactly how many acres. I want to say it was like two or 3,000 acres um, of hay that they, that they did. I don't remember the exact numbers of what it was, but I know that they raised all of their own hay. They, they grew it and cut, raked, baled the hay, put it away in the barns, thousands and thousands and thousands of, of uh, bales a year for all their horses. And they didn't have the money to go and, you know, if, if the hay failed, like they didn't have the money to go buy n- more hay for these horses. Like there was a lot of horses there. And so they depended upon a good three cuttings every single year. And I was up there during the summertime. I was a volunteer there when I was 16 years old. And they had gone out and they had cut a bunch of hay down. All right, several hundred acres, I believe. So it was a lot of work. And there was a change in the the forecast, the weather forecast, to where now they have all this hay on the ground and rain is coming. Okay, now, if you don't know anything about the hay 
world or the farm world, basically how hay baling works when we go out and mow hay and then you know get it ready for baling and put, put away in the barn, we typically give anywhere from 24 to 72 hours after cutting for hay to dry. Because what you have to do is you have to cut it and you have to let the moisture go out of it enough to where when you bale it, that there's not a lot of moisture in the actual bales so it doesn't mold, all right? And there's a lot of bad things that can happen when you uh, bale hay too soon. You know, fire, fire can happen from the heat, mold happens, it ruins the hay, all sorts of problems, okay? And so you have to let it dry for a certain period of time. And so they, they cut this hay thinking, okay, we've got, I think it was, I don't know, they thought they had a three-day window or a four-day window where they could go, they cut it all down, they let it dry for a day, then they go through and what they do is rake it. So they take a rake over it usually and it flips it over and then it dries the other side of it, kind of let the, the wind and the sun kind of get in there and, and dry it all out. And then when it's ready, they'll go through and they'll bale it. And typically, like when you have hundreds, of a- hundreds and hundreds of acres of hay, like this is a, a, a process. Well, during this particular summer, they had this these hundreds of acres down and us volunteers were the ones that helped work on the hay. And we woke up that morning and it was pretty early in the morning. We were going and we were doing chores. It was a big ranch. Like I said, thousands and thousands of acres that they had access to in the woods and they were up in the mountains of Pennsylvania. And we woke up that morning and I remember walking into like the breakfast hall after chores are done or whatever. And there was like a lot of tension because Mark, um, one of the guys there and I, and I'm not going to get, I'm going to miss some of the details here, but because it was eight years ago that I'm recalling this story, but he comes in and was talking to Matt, who was the leader and Mark kind of headed up the, the equipment department for like the tractors and stuff like that. And they were saying like, we got all this hay down and there's a change in the weather storms coming. And if you get hay rained on, it's pretty much no good. All right. Now it is good. There, there are exceptions to that rule, but the quality of hay is very far down. It's more good for cattle, not horses. You basically, you do not for any reason want rain on the hay because then it's going to dry longer and there's all sorts of complications and issues. And so Matt looked around and, you know, they had a bunch of different events planned for that day and, you know, a bunch of different people doing a bunch of different things. There was no way that if everything were to go on, that the hay was going to get off the ground before the rain came in. And panic basically started going through a lot of the workers and they called them apprentices that worked there, the full-time staff. And so there was about, I don't know, 30 or 40 full-time people that worked there throughout the year that were freaking out and that were like, oh my gosh, we're not going to get it in. What's going to happen? We don't know. And just a lot of panic started going through everything. And I remember Matt taking charge and he was presented with this scenario and he could have done what everybody else did, which was freak out and be like, oh my gosh, I don't know what we're going to do. Just go out and start bailing. I don't know. Just start this and we'll just wait it out and see. But he didn't. He took control of the situation. He said, hey, let me talk to, and I forget who it was they talked to. I think it was like Roger and, and um, I don't know, Mark and the other Mark and a bunch of people there. And they sat down, they had a meeting and then they came out and they called all of us, all the volunteers around and they said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We've sat down, we've analyzed our scenario. We know that we have X number of equipment. We know that the rain is going to happen at about this time. We know we have to have X number of staff to take care of you know the summer camp kids 
and for some of the different events or whatever. And they went and they adjusted and they canceled certain aspects of uh, the day to free up time to allow uh, more hands to work on this project. And they did this in an unconventional way. They didn't go about bailing hay in the typical way, which would be like, you know, bail hay, bring it back, stack it up into the barn, go out, get more hay and whatnot. They went, and I'm not going to get into the details, but Matt went through and used the resources around him, moved resources around, and took a scenario that would have been very, very devastating for this ranch and said, this is the plan. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to stick to it. Everybody has a project. We've got limited amount of time. Go. And everybody went and orchestrated and everybody went out and did their, their projects. They came back and we got it done. And we got, I think it was like 95% of the hay off the ground and into a barn undercover. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't the way we wanted it. And it took a lot of time to go back like after the fact and rearrange and adjust. But we got the hay off the ground, bailed, and under shelter before the rain came. Like within minutes. Like the last one went in and within like 30 or 40 minutes, the rain started coming down in like heaps and, and, and downpours. It would have ruined all the hay. And I sat there and I looked at this and I remember being fascinated by this because I was like, this dude, Matt, he just took a scenario that most people would have freaked out about. Most people would have been like, can't be done. We can't do it. We pulled off what should have taken three days and we did it in like 12 hours, 10 hours. All right. Like this was, it was crazy to me. And I remember going up to him and, and Matt, I, when I was younger, I liked to hang around the adults. I liked to hang around the, the people that I thought were smart. I liked to try to get in good with them and learn from them. And so I went up and I asked and I said, like, Matt, how did you, like, how did you know what to do? How did you know what, what you said to do was going to work? How did you have the courage and the confidence to like go and do that? And he looked at me and he said, well, Josh, I didn't really have any other option. Like, what was I supposed to do? I just bet on myself, bet on my team, and I gave myself the best possible scenario to win. And it was a Christian horse camp. And he said, you know, obviously there was prayer involved in there. And, you know, he talked to God about it. But he gave himself the best possible scenario to win. And I started to think about this. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay. Well, I was like, well, how did you know what to do? Like, what was the process that were going through your head? He said, I took the next logical step. I sat down and I analyzed all the facts. And I said, what needs to get done? What's the most effective way to go out and do that? And I didn't let emotion get the best of me like everybody else was doing. And I remember thinking about that. And I didn't understand all of that at the time. I didn't know what that meant. I was 16 years old. All right. And so all this was like fascinating to me. I was like, dude, this guy's amazing. Like he just saved the ranch. Everyone was celebrating and it was great. But as years went on, I kept thinking about that more and more. And I started applying it to more and more areas of my life. And then one day I realized that I was like, I was consulting and coaching with a lot of people. And I, I realized that I was saying this term of what are you going to do about it a lot? Like, what are you going to do about it? And a lot of people were like, well, Josh, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. What would you do? And I said, I don't know. What are you going to do about it? And they said, well, what do you do in these situations? I said, I just give myself the best chance to win. I accept the fact that something has to be done. It happened. You can't change it. And so many people that I would coach and that I would work with or that I would see or that I would run into on Facebook, on Instagram would come to me with their problems. And they would tell me, they're like, 
so-and-so did this, so-and-so screwed me out of this situation, I lost all this money, my girlfriend broke up with me, my boyfriend doesn't support my dreams, whatever it is. And my question to them is pretty much the same every single time, and that is, what are you going to do about it? Like, seriously, what are you going to do? Are you going to let emotion take over, not give yourself a chance to win, and just wallow in self-pity and be like, oh, well, I'm freaking out, I don't know what to do, this is just too much? Or are you going to bet on yourself and give yourself the best possible chance to win? Because what you have to understand is that at the end of the day, what has happened has happened. Just like Matt and that rainstorm, the rain was coming. There was nothing he could do to stop that. The situation was there. So he had a choice. He could freak out like everybody else, or he could go and do something about it. He could own it. He could take responsibility for what has happened now and go do something about it. And that's what he did. And that's what I have done in so many areas of my life. Anytime something comes up that's unexpected or is a big project or I've got 52,000 different things to do in the next three hours, I go and instead of freaking out, I go, okay, this is the the reality of the situation. Now, what am I going to do about it? All right? And I sit down and I bet on myself. I give myself the best possible chance of winning. I'm actually going to break this down for you in a step-by-step format of exactly what I do and go about it. But I, I want you to understand this. Anytime that you're faced with the situation, once you know, like, okay, this happened, you've got two options. You can freak out and let emotions take over and not have a flat-headed mind on your head, not be level-headed, not go out there and give yourself the uh, best chance to win, not go out there and analyze the circumstances with logic, and you'll lose. Or you can go out there, you can bet on yourself, you can analyze the situation, you can think through things with logic, you can make out the step-by-step of what's next, and you can give yourself the absolute best chance of winning. And nine times out of 10, when you do that, the best possible outcome ends up happening. All right? This is so important. Just ask yourself that question. Anytime anything happens, what am I going to do about it? So many people come to me and they're like, Josh, I'm broke. I'm this, I'm that. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? All right? So let's break this down. Anytime that something happens to me and I have something to deal with, the very first thing that I do is I calm my emotions down. Okay? I'll go and I'll breathe. <sighs> All right. Wow. Okay. Big project just happened to me. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to use this like uh, as a project, not like a life or death thing. Like I'm just going to use this. Uh, uh, let's say I got a big work project or I just got a, you know, a time crunch thrown on me and I know that I've got you know, something that is a really big project and I've got four or five things going on that I have to finish by the end of the day. Okay, first thing I do, breathe. Then I go through and I say, okay, what are all the variables and what are all the different parts that need to be accomplished here in this scenario? And I write them out. I actually physically do it. I do it on a whiteboard primarily. You could do it in your head, but it really helps, especially at the beginning, to actually just go and write the things down. And then you analyze them and go, okay, what is my desired outcome here? And what are the variables of importance? So are we on a time crunch? Are we on a quality crunch? Are we on a, you know, someone unhappy and we need to make them happy? Like what, what's that variable thing that you've got to have accomplished and then build a plan in place of the most logical steps leading up to that, knowing that 
you may or may not be able to accomplish everything by that time frame. But remember, you've got to give yourself the best chance to actually do it. So for me, I list everything out and I go, okay, if, if this is a time crunch thing, what are the things that absolutely positively have to be done? And if it's not, what are the things that should be done? All right. So I sit down, I go order of importance, most important to least important. And I just draw them out and go, okay. And I dump like brain dump absolutely everything, everything. And I draw it out. And I actually, I, I do this quite a bit. People actually pay me to do this for their life. They'll, they'll come and they'll hire me for a consulting session specifically for this. And I will have them write down every single different project. They feel overwhelmed with life. Okay. Overwhelmed. They're like, man, I've got 15 different projects going on. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I feel like I'm not delivering for anyone. I've got to cut something out. I don't know what it is. I'm freaking out. And I go, okay, are you going to freak out and let your emotions overtake? Or are you going to put yourself in a position to win? Brain dump. Everything's out on the table now. Okay. I've got 20 different things. Let's just you know, play with those numbers. 20 different things in front of me. Most important to least important. What are the things that I absolutely have to get done now? Okay. Cut out. And this is super important. Cut out all of the things that are not crucially important right away. If it is not like absolutely critical in order for you to move forward, put it on the back burner and eliminate it right away. Like put it on a separate list, a separate pile. If it's not necessary, cut it out, put it on a separate pile. Get down to the core things that you absolutely need to do. And then from there, figure out the logical order upon which to do them in. Do not let your emotions get the best of you, okay? Think through things logically. I have been able to go and take on massive projects and be very efficient on them and get them done and not let emotions get the best of me and stay level-headed simply because I went and got organized and because I realized that at the end of the day, what am I going to do about it is the question that I need to be asking myself and I really only have two options. Am I going to freak out and get overwhelmed or am I going to give myself the best possible chance to win? Because those are the only two options. All right. Once you understand that, everything else kind of falls into place. This is something that takes practice, but it's also something that can be applied in every single area of life. This is what Matt did with the Hay Project and uh, the ranch up in Pennsylvania. This is what I've done anytime I'm stressed out, even with a business partner, when I'm stressed out in my personal life, when I'm stressed out in a relationship, when I'm stressed out in business, when I'm stressed out for any area of my life, I just go, okay, get organized. It's just a good rule of life. You cannot possibly get things done if you're not organized. You cannot be effective with what you want to do unless you're organized. And I cannot tell you how many people, when faced with a tough situation, throw logic out the window, get super duper emotional, and want to go do stuff, something that's crazy. And I'm just like, why? When does throwing a fit and blaming someone else do anything for you? And this goes back to the episode, uh, I believe it was episode four, where I was just like, what? Like, own it. Everything's your fault. When you, when you accept that fact and you go, okay, well, this has happened to me, all right? Can't change the reality. Cannot change the reality of what has happened right now. I can change my reality moving forward. I can go and I can determine what's going to happen next. I can determine my response to the situation, but I cannot determine what has already happened. I can't change that. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can determine it, obviously, but you can't, you, can't, you can't change what has already happened. It's there. And now it is your job to go deal with it. 
All right? It's not hard. In fact, these, these little tasks and tweaks are very simple. And I want you guys to know as you're listening to this, a lot of what we talk about on the Think Different Theory podcast here are not like groundbreaking, revolutionary, 72-step processes to success. It's little things. It's mindset shifts. It's tweaks to the way you view things. It is thinking different about everything. And when you do this in all areas of your life, you give yourself the ability to win. You bet on yourself and you give yourself the chance to have the best possible outcome happen to you. And that's what we all want. And, and that's what's best for, for everyone that's involved. All right? I hope you guys learned something from this. I hope it was beneficial to you. If you liked it, if you didn't like it, give me feedback at Josh Forty on Instagram. Hit me up in the DM on there. Would love to hear your feedback. Very, very active on there. It's a good episode, okay? Got to own it and give yourself that ability to win. I thought about with this kind of titling it like, what are you going to do about it? But I wanted to more focus on and really drive home the point here of you've got two options, freak out or give yourself the chance to win. Freaking out is not the thing that is going to allow you to win. All right. If you have any questions, like I said, Instagram at Josh Forty, hit me up in the DM. I appreciate you all. As always, hustle, hustle. God bless. Go out and change the world. Do not be afraid to think different. All right. Those of us that think different are going to be the ones that do change the world, even if that world is just your own. All right. Remember, when you think different, you are going to be misunderstood, and that is okay. I love you all, and I will see you on the next episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, and hit me up on Instagram, at Josh40. I love you all, and I'll see you on the next episode. Take it easy, fam. Yo, what's up, guys? You've been listening to the Think Different Theory with myself, Josh Forty, which I like to call a new paradigm of thinking. And real quick, I got a question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message of positivity and making the world a better place is if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this is out on, that you like my stuff, and that I'm doing something right. So if you could take like three seconds out of your day and subscribe, leave a rating and a review, I would be forever grateful for you. Also, I want to hear from you. I want to know your feedback, your ideas, and your questions for future episodes. So be sure to hit me up on Instagram in the DM at Josh40 or via email contact at thinkdifferenttheory.com.